What's up, guys? This is Roland Buck III. I play Noah Sexton on Chicago Med, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey, Shyhards, welcome to day two of our finale coverage leading up to Wednesday, which is going to be a very stressful, borderline traumatic day. <laughs> uh, and that's due in part to our two podcast guests today. So, uh, Chicago Fire showrunners. Derek Hass and Andrea Newman are here. It is Derek's fifth time on the pod, and it's Andrea's first. So, Derek, welcome back. Andrea, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Do I get a jacket? Like they they have the five timers club on SNL. That's right. Um, You need your smoking jacket. Your velour jacket. You know, Andrea owns one of the t-shirts that you guys made. Maybe two of them. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, dreams need lockers too. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And there was one other one. I can't remember what it was, but yeah. It was like dreams two seasons ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was the beginning of last season, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. That's all a blur. But yes. Oh my gosh. I just <laughs> so fan. happened to be wearing our Severi jersey today. Nice. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> oh, I like oh, the shameless plug. <laughs> yeah. So well, how are you guys? I cannot believe that another year has gone by and it's time to wrap up another season. How are you guys doing? We are awesome. Really good. Excited about Wednesday. Yes. You and say excited. We say nervous. We say we're both too. Trust yeah. Me. Yeah. You guys know what's going to happen though. So you just sit Do back we? and laugh. Maybe. We don't know. <laughs> we we shot eight different endings. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just. I'm just... <laughs> Great. So there's some sort of alternate timeline where like, like Stellar Ride jumps in the water and then like, yeah, oh, you know. Yeah. Okay. You guys <laughs> yeah. weren't even supposed to know about the boat, but we knew when uh, when the show was shooting a boat down the middle of the Chicago River. <laughs> we didn't think it would be that quick that <laughs> pictures would hit the internet, but oh man. Yeah. Well, did you see the tweet from the, the, I think the guy was like a reporter in Chicago or something, totally innocent. He was like, it's a beautiful day for a wedding on a boat, not at yeah. all realizing it was Chicago fire. <laughs> did you see that? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Well, it's funny because we have, we have a really, really great um, publicity guy, Gary Mednick, who works his butt off for the show. He's been, you guys have probably met him. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's since, since the premiere and um, Andrea and I were really on him about like, hey, we don't want to give away that this is going to be in the middle, like on a boat. Like you can talk up wedding. You can, yeah. you know, we're, we're promoting the wedding. We're promoting Casey coming back, but don't do a boat. And then within 30 minutes of shooting on that boat, there was stuff all over the, all over the internet. Oh, well. oh my God, we blew that one. Well, we try. You've got to know by this point, absolutely nothing gets by this fandom, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we could solve some pretty crazy mysteries if we wanted to. <laughs> We, we, what's fun in the episode is the journey to the boat, but I mean, you guys, you and guys also what happens loyal. on the boat. There's lots yeah. that happens yeah, on the yeah. boat. But you guys, your loyal audience um, knows that it's on a boat, but pretend you didn't know that as you're okay. watching the episode. <laughs> we'll practice our surprise face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Andrea, what, who, who had that idea for a boat wedding? I can't remember. I mean, I remember that we, like it was in the room and as soon as somebody said it we were like oh my god that's awesome but I can't remember I don't was remember it, you? it might have either. been you. it probably I don't I don't remember but I do I did like the um synchronicity of boat at the end of last season yeah. and boat at the end of this season and kind of different endings kind of yeah 
Yeah, total. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> that'd be that'd be crazy to do it twice. It's just all <laughs> Uh, Same footage. Floating, <laughs> Same footage. Cruise. Instead of cruise. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, um, you guys know how well Derek knows how this goes, but usually we like to start at the beginning of the season, work our way through, and we try and squeak out as many hints as we can about the finale while Derek yeah. very nicely shuts us down. Yeah, um, but we got to try. Yeah. Well, no. We love it. Okay, so let's start at the beginning of season 10. First off, season 10. Isn't that insane? Yeah, insane. Yeah. So we got to start where last season ended and the season picked up, which we referred to specifically as rude. <laughs> Did you always know that all of squad three was going to survive? Um, we had, no, we, we always end the year with, with us being open-minded in the room, no matter what the, no matter what the finale is, then it's not until about this time or in a couple of weeks that we, then we get into the room. I mean, Andrea and Gilbert and I never stopped talking. There's, I mean, right before this thing, we had our, <laughs> our chat going. So no, there is no vacation from each other. But, um, but usually when we get back to the room, that's when it's kind of like, okay, but what if, you know, all of that. And so with the boat going down, we weren't sure. Now there was, there was some talk about various scenarios. Um, and we definitely wanted to fool the audience in the first, was that the teaser out with Joe, Joe floating in the yeah. water? Yeah. Rude. <laughs> yeah, because you guys, you guys, that's the thing about this show is like, you can't say, oh, we know everyone's going to be safe. Even up to the moment, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The last time that happened, we were convinced Otis was safe. And then oh, it wasn't was that at all. Not that at yeah. all. And with Jesse leaving, that was, uh, you know, even the, even the, hey, I'm going to Portland. You're like, oh, he's not He'll really going to go to Portland. Yeah. 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 We're still traumatized by that too. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious. As are we. As are yeah. we. Yeah. I'm curious. So like in terms of like this big incident, like what is the planning like for that? Because you have to pick up the rest of it after hiatus, like, and make it seem like no time has passed. So like, if you say you don't really know how the premiere is going to go, like, what is the planning like for something like that? We always have loose moves for it. When we say we don't know, we have a general idea of how we want that to go. I mean, you have to book actors, you have to do all sorts of things in right. advance. Um, but like Derek was saying, we, we want to leave it open enough that when we get in the room and really start talking bigger picture for season 11, how it all comes into play. So it's, you know, we have our, our loose, loose moves and then we have our honing it and honing it until we get there. But the line producer will ask us when the script for the finale comes in, do we need to reserve this again for next season? And we'll say like that, that was a giant tank that we built, you know, for the scuba incident that's kicked off season 10 ended season nine and so that tank stayed we we kept it through the through the you know hiatus mm -hmm. yeah so early on there was a storyline about severide's mom being kind of like hesitant and weary about stellaride getting married but as we've gotten closer to the wedding we really haven't heard anything about that were there plans to do more with that uh that will come into play oh <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> we never you know for, forget that stuff we like we like leaving some of those things out there a bit as hangers and you know seeing seeing what we can do with them when you get to these big moments um I know a big topic in the fandom at least this season was Stella's absence in Boston in the first half of the season and it kind of at least to us at first when it happened seemed kind of sudden and random so I'm curious like 
how much of that was planned versus you guys having to adjust on the fly? I'll, I'll answer that. All I, can, all I can say is it wasn't planned and we had to adjust on the fly. Yeah. And so the there was many, many things going on at the beginning of the season in terms of health-related incidents. And that required really the room to, I mean, we were rewriting scripts when scripts were already being shot. So the, not just for her, for, for right. um, all sorts of things going on. So if it felt disjointed, we did our best. Well, it's funny though, because we talk about this a lot, but it's it when you get thrown wrenches like that, they often work for you in, in lots of ways. And for that one, we felt like it was very Stella for her to take, <laughs> to suddenly realize like she's heading on this path to not just lieutenantship, but to marrying somebody. These are both things that are just huge life events. And to just take a beat and kind of reassess everything, be a little scared about moving that quickly forward. You know, you jump on that train as, as we were talking about with that character. And then you realize like, it's gonna be really hard to jump off, you know, if you let this thing gain too much speed. And I feel like she's somebody who stops and questions and thinks about this stuff, really overthinks sometimes for better or worse. And that just worked for us, for the Stella character um, to have her take that beat, take that step back. The best thing that came out of it to me was Pelham. I just thought, you know, it was great character. That's that's making lemons out of whatever were our plans, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so we we had a plan, and the plan was going to involve another person coming into the firehouse, but we didn't know it was going to be six, you know, longer a longer time uh, there. And then we got Brett Dalton, and he was just terrific, and so yeah, that worked right. out really well for us. Yeah. So when Stella comes back, she and Sever are not in a great place because she basically ghosted him while she was gone. So I know a lot of the fandom felt that that was kind of out of characters for her, but why the ghosting? I love it. I love it for her character because I think, you know, we talked about this, but her past when it comes to marriage is very dark and tortured. And so she's saying, oh, I'm so happy. This sounds so great. We're going just the right direction I want to go in. But part of her, something is eating her up inside saying, is this the right thing? You know, at some point in your life, you thought it was and you went and you just blindly went ahead. And so I think she wanted to really stop and reassess that. And that felt very in character to us for for Stella kid is like it all seems you know simple and breezy and she's smiling and happy but underneath in her past there's some real darkness that she has to reckon with and I think that was what that trip was about is really not not talking to not getting you got this Stella kid every day from Severide because that that kind of makes it confusing when she's trying to suss out what she needs so for her it was some real time separate and alone and thinking can I do this can I actually go all the way through with this and so not to be, uh, yeah. yeah, not to be a right writing defensive, but I always get a little prickly uh, when it's that character's out of character, or like you wrote them out of character, and I'm like, well, every day people act out of character, <laughs> like just normal people, and you're like, wow, they're having a bad day. That's not really the way that they are and I'm like that is their character you know like yeah. you have to take it all and say oh wait that's you know it is and we liked it for her it felt strong it you know there are ways to interpret it that, that could feel weak like she's running away but for me it was taking a beat as a woman on her own not influenced by you know the, the man in her life but really do I separately alone feel like this is the right thing for me is this the right train I'm getting on you know as I zoom ahead um both for the lieutenant thing and for for the Severide part of it. So it did feel in character, at least to me it did. Yeah, and Severide wasn't 
sure what was happening, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's natural for him to feel a little bit of like, wait a second, wait a second. Yep. So, and their relationship for five years has had its ups and downs. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. roller coaster itself. Yeah. Um, the last Eric, thing she wants to be is too dependent on the man in her life for to make any decisions. So she needed that that space, I think, to make that decision. Yeah. Derek, you just mentioned Pelham. And obviously, when Stella comes back, she finds Pelham in the lieutenant spot on truck 81. And obviously, it, I think it probably could have been easy just to have like a floater in that place and let Stella take over when she comes back. So I guess what made you guys want to go for like the Stella fighting for what she wants route versus just like, okay, Stella, you came back. Now the position's yours. I think one, we liked him, you know, which is what happens on the show. You find an actor that you really like, uh, Hawkins, and then you're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta do more with this character than what we thought. We've done that throughout 10 seasons now. And then, then it felt like because she was gone and she did come back and there was somebody who had fought for that position or never thought he was gonna have it and um, got it, that it couldn't just be an instant, whoop, here you go, you know, you had to earn me, I kept your seat warm for you um conversation that they had and then speaking of pelham i mean did you guys ever discuss having him be a bad guy per se or was he did, did you ever discuss him having like him like join 51 on a permanent basis well you know it was fun to have him have that conflict with gallo because i think that was a little bit of a red flag at the beginning like oh is this guy gonna be a problem but you know he uh, his past was such a great part of that story and what he brought to 51 you know because he'd had that all that stuff go on before and 51 was the kind of place that really is a family and a, she, he hadn't been a part of something like that before and it was fun to watch both him influence 51 and 51 influence him and you know it the easy way would have been bad guy that you just want to get rid of um but this we wanted to make it more complicated for 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 us and for Stella coming back, you know, if, if he's such a great guy, it's not so easy for her to just say, uh, say, okay, yeah, I'm jumping right back in here. What happened at Whiskey Point? What happened That's to Whiskey what Point? <laughs> <laughs> might, that might be my favorite episode of that season. It was a great title. It was yeah. a great episode. Great title, yeah. I mean, Violet awesome. with Appendicitis. It was just that whole that episode. Was, yeah. <laughs> that, that was, was a really good one. Yeah. It's funny because we were just talking to, you know, we, we all know people who work on these streamer shows that write every episode before they even begin filming. And to speak to what Derek was saying about, you know, you see somebody like Pelham or Hawkins and we're so lucky because we really do like Violet. That was just a, such a moment for for Hanukkah to shine and we got to see her really being funny and emotional and it's like when you see that that's all you want to write for you know you're like yeah. this is so great and she's so great with Hawkins and so we get to see it and then we get to craft things and adjust things as we go and I, that's a real gift when you're on a network show to get to see that stuff on its feet and write to it as opposed to having to write it all and then just hope it works yeah yeah it's true um, we saw a lot of Severide playing Fire Cop this year. I know more than we ever have. And I'm curious, like, is that a conscious choice, like something you guys wanted to see more of or just something that kind of happened as a result of other storylines and Stella not being around for the first little bit of the season? I, I mean, we love Fire Cop. I'm obsessed yeah. with arson cases, as weird as that sounds. Um, I think arson like one of the most uh, complicated, intriguing crimes there is that the characters behind it, the personalities behind arson. So we love it. We love Andy Allo and we love the vibe between Seeger and Severide. So, uh, you know, we've always liked to, to loop in, him into the OFI stuff as much as we can. It's just a lot of fun. And those stories are always intriguing <laughs> and twisty. 
And when you guys came up with fire cop, that was the best. <laughs> yeah, who came say, up with that? Like, we need to give credit where credit's Andrea due. Andrea Gavari, it was definitely one of you guys. I, I, so we, I honestly think that it was Taylor and maybe it was probably like Christian and Taylor and Joe on the set. And they were going, oh, no, he's playing fire cop again. Like that, they were saying it, you know, as when they're looking at the scripts. And then we heard that they were calling him fire cop. He was doing fire cop. And we thought that was so funny. We started having him do it on the show. The other actors love it because as much as they love working on the show, which they all do, if you get a few days off, you know, in the middle of an episode, you're you, you don't you're mind also happy. that. Yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. So when Severide and, and um, Seeger are out doing fire cop stuff, they're like, that's three days off for <laughs> the rest of the cast. That's so funny, that's funny. We've also taken to calling Dr. Scott on med. We started calling him Dr. Cop. So it's just like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's There's one on every fact. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that makes all said like cop, cop. I don't know. Yeah, cop, <laughs> Doctor, doctor. <laughs> so funny. So, uh, we saw, a, or because we saw more of Fire Cop Sev this year, we had a lot more of Seeger and Severide. Yeah. I know you had previously said there was never really any romantic intent behind her actions, but did you ever consider going that way? Well, we always thought she's into him with, but who wouldn't be? That's what we always like if you're partnered <laughs> with Severide, who's not gonna be? But she has so much confidence. Like it's not a threat. It's not, she's not, and she's not stepping on Stella, but, uh, you know, and she loves, like, we love that episode where she and Stella play the, um, you know, practical joke on Mason. Because um, that's the vibe that the two of them have had. Anyway, we we just really dig Andy. And, you know, if we could, I know you guys are always like, make him a regular or whatever, make her a regular. And we're like, we'd make so many people regulars if there was no budget on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I love that dynamic between Severide and Seeger. I think it's really fun and it. We like to flip the kind of cliches on their head too. And it could so easily have been the triangle where the two women start going at each other. And instead it's like these two women who totally have respect for each other. You know, it gets under Stella's skin a little bit, but I, you know, that's kind of fun too for her to get a little knocked back. She's got, you know, all her confidence too. So we just love the dynamic between and the fact that it wasn't your typical, oh yeah, she's gonna get snaky behind, you know. Yeah, Stella's and we back. love Van Meter. We like Van Meter over there. Yeah, he's OFI, great. Tim Hopper. And so we wanted, Andrea and I, we, we haven't been successful yet, <laughs> but we want to do a summer OFI, like six yeah. episodes on Peacock of like, Tim, like Van Meter and Seeger. Seeger and, and then you could have, like, if we shot it in, in March, you could have yeah. people popping in yeah. uh, and then release it over the summer. But that we haven't actually pitched that to anyone, but, but yeah, we're, your audience I, I knows would, it exclusively. I could write arson day and night and be happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Andrew could do 22 episodes. Of <laughs> I could. I could do 122. <laughs> That'd be fun though. Six episodes, that'd be fun. Yeah. And you saying, have like, like one big time. arson case yes. and then one little ones along the way. Yes. Love it. Yeah. I miss the little web exclusives that you used to do like in the early days fun. of the series. I miss yeah, those. those yeah. Yeah. That was when they when people were first doing social media and the social media people were like, just do a little um thing for us. And then we write like a four-day full shoot <laughs> with Gabby <laughs> on solving a crime. Or no, she was it was an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so recently Severide's fire cop antics found him in quite the conundrum. I mean, I know you guys don't give too much away, but like, can you tease anything about what's going to happen with this food truck drug dealer storyline on Wednesday? 
Mm. I, I mean, it's going to be a big part of the episode. Um, I don't know what else to tease on that one. Some is guy it going who ruin the wedding? Some guy who looks suspiciously like Greg Sullivan is uh, in charge. I know you guys said that on your podcast, so I'm not giving it away there. Um, but uh, the yeah, it's going to be a big part of the story, and I'm not going to say whether or not it's going to affect the wedding. That'd be bad if it did. Yeah, who would do that? that Nobody would be would too bad. Yeah, we wouldn't do that. No. We know a guy named Derek who would probably like to. No, yeah. no. Now that you've met Andrea, you know where all of that comes from. I've been protecting her. You know, what's funny is I saw it. Like, they took you seriously in deadline on that, Derek. It's like your know, quote I is, I wanted things to go well for Severide and Kid, but then Andrea and Gilvery wrote it. So they had different plans. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, great. I get the hate mail though. Fantastic. <laughs> It's okay. The, the, the whole fandom, we're just like, Derek just threw her under the bus. Like, we know what's <laughs> up. Yeah, yes, you yeah, know yeah. him well enough. Yeah, at this. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this. We, we've, we've had lots of weddings on the show. Sometimes they're truncated. This is not trunc- This is not a truncated wedding. Yay. Good. Yeah. Because lots happens during it. Because a lot happens. <laughs> <laughs> kind of scared. Kind of yeah. not scared. I don't know. We'll see on, let us know on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, so as much as we don't want to be reminded of it, we got to talk about the elephant in the room. When did you guys find out that Jesse wanted to leave? Um, it was, pr- it was in the summer. Um, I mean, it was right at the end of the previous season, season nine. And so um, we just begged him basically to do five more episodes. It was perfect because 200 was the um fifth episode you know so so you could that was a great argument like a round number like you've already been here this long do this one but he had you know he had lots of stuff going on personal wise um family wise uh new family wise and so it was it couldn't have kind of set up nicer that he gave us those five episodes and we'll be we'll always be grateful because it would have been really rough it was we had already written the script for the finale before we found out that he was going to leave that would have been rough we were like uh do you want us to have a kraken come out of the lake and grab casey (laughs) (laughs) and yet i would pick something to write yeah Yeah. (laughs) and yet (laughs) um did knowing jesse was leaving ever make you guys reconsider like what you were going to do with brett and casey or did you always know you were going to still have them kind of be together because of how much went into their story the last three years well no we had it we were caught you know we were definitely caught off guard um that we had built up this romance and then and then it was then one of the two people was leaving so we didn't want to alter that you know I guess we could have like in that um in the editing of the finale um I don't remember when did we have did they get together at the end of the finale or was that yeah in the finale yeah yeah so the thing is even, even if you know the worst thing for writers is having two people perfect for each other together in every episode every you know time it's like there's nothing to it's just like oh and they're still happy so in some ways these you know these <laughs> that's not what anybody as much as you might love that couple that's there's no drama to that at the end of the day so for us this was there was some good and bad to that too kind of like the Miranda thing it's like you know honestly this the, these two took so long to get together it's felt meant to be but of course, life isn't that simple. And, you know, these great things happen and then somebody throws a wrench in that. And, you know, so I, I in a lot of ways it was, 
how do you challenge that relationship? They're so perfect for each other. We took so long to build to that. How do you challenge that and, you know, make it tricky in some ways? And that is, a, you know, being a part in a relationship, a long distance relationship is, is a really hard thing. A lot of people have been through it and it felt like something fun to explore, see how long. And when we knew he was leaving, we, we were like, okay, he didn't leave with, with Dawson, you know, when he said, I'm a Chicago guy. So how can we overcome that? That's a really big, that's a really big What's obstacle. the one thing that would make Casey actually? What's the one thing? Yeah. And then it was like, go right back to the pilot and it's yeah. the Darden boys. And if we can tie 10 seasons together and 200 episodes together and build up that story and give us a reason that that's the one reason he wanted to be a dad since episode one. And, um, and he and, felt like the Darden boys father surrogate dad from from episode one really he had that connection to them right away so then when we stumbled on that it was portland and we thought oh that could be cool it could be fighting fires in portland and then we gave brett the paramedicine program so that she couldn't go with him and because we love kara you know so we didn't want to lose her and then it was really just the three of well andrew and gavari and me and the rest of the writers talking and saying, why don't we just keep them together? Let's let's at least give them a chance at having a long distance relationship. Cause because it I, you know, Dick always uses the expression you feel the you what's his you feel the writer's footprints mm. or hear the writer's footsteps, whatever is his expression. And so if if he's like I'm going to Portland and she's like, I'm done with this after like only five episodes, we thought that would be shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, the fandom did have a lot of mixed reactions to the 200th, given that it did end with Casey leaving. Looking back on it, how do you feel about it? Are you guys proud of it? Oh, very. I'm very proud of it. I mean, I don't, Andrea, I think you are too. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it was, it really felt to us and, you know, saying this with Jesse on set and everything, it really felt like a fitting goodbye it felt like he is such an honorable man he was doing the honorable thing and it broke his heart to do it but that's his that's his character is that he would do whatever it takes to take care of these boys so it felt like we showed that and that he he was really feeling that it was painful for all of us to say yeah. goodbye um and that I'll episode felt painful and all me too um, felt painful in all the right ways, if you know what I mean. It was, but we got Bowden to say sad. what we were thinking, you know, about Jesse, um, is what Bowden said about Casey on the way out the door. And yeah, it was rough. It was rough. I'm curious, like in this three, the three show structure that we have, that it's one into the other, into the other. I mean, do you ever have to be kind of mindful of that, of like, we can't rock them too hard because then they're not going to focus on the next show? Because that no. was definitely, yeah, I, I had a feeling not, but that no. just, between the Celluride scene last week and the 200th, because after the 200th, all the articles started dropping and I was like, sorry, intelligence, I don't really care right now. <laughs> yeah, so you uh, have to understand, yeah. I mean, you guys know, because you've been with us a long time, but I, I worked on PD for the first three and a half seasons. Mm -hmm. um, but I haven't been in that writer's room and I've never been in the med writer's room. And only when we do crossovers do I, or one of our writers work with them. And Andrea and I, and Gilberry, I can't leave him out. In fact, we should have had him on here too. Yeah. I can't, we're so competitive. Like we, <laughs> we hate everyone. We hate the shows that are That's opposite of ours. Like the ones, like if you're watching an ABC or a, CBS show opposite ours. We want that show gone. 
<laughs> and then, so then on Med, Fire, and PD, even though I'm a producer on the other two, and we love them, they're part of our family. We yes. want to be- One heart, one Chicago. Yeah, we want to be the best one uh, every night. We no, we are the best one every night. I know, but that's our competitive, yeah. you know, our competitive <laughs> spirit. So there's never a chance that we were gonna hold something back because we're worried about what was on before or after, there's no way. No, so I didn't think so. But... syndrome. Yeah, the yeah. seller I'd seen last week, we were like, we were all like destroyed. And then like intelligence is trying to solve a case and we're like, can't we now, we can't. Like, yeah, no, we don't think about that. No, we really don't. I mean, only in crossovers do we do we think about that. And occasionally we'll get a heads up from Rebecca, our executive at Wolf Films. You know, they're doing, you know, yeah. this X, Y, and Z on PD and you're doing something similar and we'll be like, oh, we're doing it better, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, they gotta change. Let them change. Yeah, let them change. That's what we always say. Make them change. We're You're like, like and oh, <laughs> we do love having their characters on our show, though. We do. That's, we love that's a guys. fun. Like just have we just had um, Upton on the second to last one, the one you guys yeah, saw, which we always awesome. like. Yeah, love her. Yeah. Um, so we got mentions of throughout the season of Casey and the boys while they were in Portland. How important was it to you guys to make sure that those mentions were made consistently throughout the season? Um, well, we, we do screw up sometimes, but we try to, we, we have our assistants go back and give us, okay, give us the full storyline, like in a synopsis. Cause I, we're not going to watch, you know, 15 episodes and we, we, uh, wrote you know it was so long ago that we wrote them so then we'll literally be like i mean those are our texts to each other it's like which one's the older one you know who's who did what to whom when did he give him the toy you know, it's that kind of stuff. that's true we we went back and watched all that stuff though i have to say like when you're you getting ready to write it yeah gilbert and i did and we i got all weepy watching them say goodbye oh to with the holding the doll and the Anyway, that good that stuff, you know, carries the emotions through. And then, yeah, we wanted to keep them alive throughout the season, and just knowing that they're out there and that that Casey is doing what he set out to do, which is making their life better. You know, you'll hear little updates like, you know, the boys are doing great, or right now, you know, he's going to college, or he's signing up for new classes here. You know, we'll do all those little details just so people still have Casey alive in their mind and Brett we know Brett does so why not give you know the audience that chance to we certainly do as writers we, Casey's on our mind all the time Jesse's on our mind all the time he's such a fab part of the fabric of the show that'll never change right right so uh, uh there were there were some fans that were kind of hoping that in Casey's absence we'd get a little bit of Brett and Severide bonding since they were kind of the two people mm. closest to him uh did you ever talk in the room about maybe having one of those scenes I don't remember. You know, it's funny. I think Severide is such a man of few words that we really, it's very rare he speaks his heart in a way about, except for to Casey and to Kid. I think that's kind of been what's special about the Kid relationship for Severide. And you'll see it again in the finale, what's special about Casey and Severide's relationship. Severide's not the type to, and we, we deal with this all the time, he just isn't his character is not to sit around talking about how much, you know, he misses Casey and, and Brett and he are just very different that way. She is going to sit with her, her girlfriends and talk about that. And, you know, that's how, that's how she reacts emotionally is to talk it out. Not Severide. He misses Casey and we'll see that even more in a, that was the best when he had the cigar chat with, uh, with, oh, uh, Herman. Herman, with Herman this year. And Herman's like, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, um, Herman, 
No. <laughs> cigar chat. We don't have to talk the whole yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think they're simpatico in some ways, Brett and Severide, but they're not um, simpatico in the way that they work through missing Casey. So it's funny you say that, though, because just like some back, back insight into the writer's room is that often we'll, we'll say, who haven't been together? in a while like who what's an interesting pairing that was how Malch and Brett got together on paramedicine this year it was kind of like who could who, who could do this with her well Violet's the natural but they're already in the ambulance together let's give her yeah. somebody else to talk to that oh that's a great idea Malch we haven't seen that since the since they wrote a book together she's mm -hmm. on fire yeah, we remember. <laughs> never forget. Never forget. Was that this never year forget. when the when the burnt when the book the little burned? library? Yeah. yeah, that was early <laughs> this year. That was hilarious. That was fun. Um, speaking of paramedicine, obviously Brett, you know, established that this year. I'm curious, like, what made besides from you know her needing something to do while Casey's gone, like, why paramedicine? Like, why introduce that this year? Well, it's a very current topic. I just heard. Uh, I was just listening to the radio that talking about doing it here in LA. It's, it is a very, um, we always are really deeply connected to the fire department and, you know, fire departments across the country, not just in Chicago. And we were watching this start to sprout up as a concept all over the place. Um, and in, especially, you know, in LA, uh, there's a lot of homeless issues that we're dealing with and, and firefighters are called out there all the time. And of course, they're going to miss a fire when that happens. They're going to miss something uh, critical when they're called because there's, you know, something going on that's a much smaller, has a much smaller effect, a little, you know, tent uh, barbecue or something, smoking that somebody sees and calls it in. So they're dealing with that all the time. And one of the ways to take the pressure off the fire department and the police department is to get these paramedicine guys out there. So it's really happening all over. And we thought it was really interesting. And Brett is just the type, you know, with the big heart to, to do it and to want to help and to also help the fire department by taking some of that off their plate. Yeah, there was a big article in San Diego, I think, where yeah. the response times went down because of this program, like um, because of that, because we weren't responding to every, you know, somebody left their meds on the shelf. Um, and so a paramedicine program that was, um, you know, had its own funding and its own department could, re could uh, lessen the response times and that just hit us and we thought yeah. that'd be great for Brett. And gave us a good 200th episode, sort of, um, you know, you want that big stirring moment and Hawkins coming in and um, all of the people that Brett and Mouch had been helping coming in to support her was a really nice, um, since you're going to have a sad moment, you need a kind of an uplifting moment. Always try to balance those things out. <laughs> So once paramedicine was fully funded, we never really saw it or heard about it after that. Uh, there is, we saw that there's a little tiny mention in the finale, but I mean, are we, are we returning to that at all? Or are we just going to assume that yeah, they're we, kind of running it off screen? No, no, I, you know, uh, we, Kara was gone for a bunch of episodes. I think, you know, we definitely want to play those stories. It's not going to be a every week thing, but they will mm -hmm. be one of those, you know, extra little, it's like fire cop, you know, she's, yeah. she's got her own little side gig there and we'll definitely have stories that we'll pop into to see. And, and sometimes that stuff crosses over. That's what's fun is like something that starts, uh, you know, as an emergency can then go into that paramedicine mode or vice versa. So there are a lot of stories. And we definitely there. mentioned it after the 200th episode. We, there was a few times where she said a oh, mouch has it covered or somebody's still or they or they got more funding so that now they can yeah, and in the it. arson episode the church arson episode there was one of her paramedicine 
patients was there right. in the church. So, oh, you know, yeah. we, we like to have the cross, you know, that kind of the, the small town vibe sometimes that Chicago has where you, you run into these people. So it, it, it played in that way too. Oh, yeah. Um, with Casey and Brett both coming back for the finale, I know you guys have previously mm-hmm. said they're going to have to figure out what's next for them. Are you going to teach, can you teach anything about what that might be? We ask because we are very stressed. Yeah. <laughs> Long distance is hard. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Got to save that one. I was just thinking of like Easter eggs, like um, uh, in the in the church arson uh, where the, you know how like you go in and the, he's got all his crazy drawings or whatever up in his room. So yeah. Bruno, my son, like when he was like 12 and now he's 17, but when he was 12, he had drawn this dude on fire. It was just kind of like, a, it looked like the thin man, you know, or whatever that uh, meme was with, but he was on fire. And so I, I had that Xerox and uh, they put it up. on. It's like right over Severide's shoulder. One of Bruno's drawings. When they, when they pull the, like the tape yeah. of the, the, yeah. foam off the wall or, or whatever yeah. it is yeah aluminum foil yeah and then you can see the church outside which was really there that was kind of cool they found a yeah. location that was where cool. we could do that okay you have to go back and look for that yeah, uh, yeah don't worry <laughs> about one. it i'll send you i'll send you a picture of it. <laughs> it's like that but it was funny nice um okay so we we can't have you on the podcast and not talk about hakami because like they are like the craze that has been sweeping the fandom this season oh yes um, by far our favorite part of the season. You guys have said before that you put Violet and Hawkins together because of the chemistry, but is there a specific moment you can recall that you saw them and were like, oh, this is good? I think there, yes, I would say, because they were already good from the start. Like the, uh, the ambulance stuff was just, it got me when he was sitting there and she said, Hawkers? And he was like, uh, close. Um, you know, it was just like, there, there was such a sweetness there. We want, we knew we wanted to go a little further, but the heat that came off of them at the gala when she's in that dress and he's in that fucking suit and you just see these two come together and you're like, all right, this isn't just a one nighter. This is some legs to it. This is, um, you know, this is hot. <laughs> to use yeah. Uh, and- I think, I think when we first, when we first conceived the character, it was kind of like, wouldn't it be fun to have someone who it's a new uh, paramedic boss and he could be not happy with this paramedicine thing because he, she kind of goes around him or tries to go around him or whatever. And so you're not going to like him. But then we were like, but what if he's really attractive? And, you know, like, like it's not our typical, you know, we've had sort of the, the, what's the right, like the kind of Bowden age person in there and we're like what if it's a young guy and it's a little more there's more possibilities in that regard did you ever get to meet him in person Derek I don't think I did no I didn't get I only went to Chicago three times this season that was a bummer between COVID and doing the other show I had to go to Budapest four times so oh such a tragedy yeah man we had jimmy we had jimmy on the pod at the end of january and we basically gave him like brownie points like stuck up to you so we were like dude talk about baylor basketball he loves that (laughs) well that's true yeah but one of the episodes i went for was only Bowden in a grocery store so i really didn't get to see everyone that i usually get to see i'll uh, tell you though like he was doing little social media things early you know that were so fun when he was naming the uh the shipping uh stuff and he was he just he, that 
that's what we really look for in these guests that guest actors that come in is some somebody who can do the drama and the sexy and the funny it's like that's a one in a million and he was clear pretty quickly that he could do all of those things and so can Hanako so can you know our Violet so it, it was like it just felt like the right combination and it was just seeing them I mean for, for me the ambulance story kind of sold it you know because he was it was a gentler side of him and that was fun to see and she was goofy but then the heat that we saw between them was next level too so it was all along the way it just kept building for us we love love writing it and I don't want to skip ahead but um because you guys are going through the season but it's really all of Hawkins and Violet is just a setup for our newest favorite paramedic Emma Jacobs who's coming to the show ah, yeah. we I mean she we has been amazing <laughs> yeah she's been amazing and you know She's the only exactly. one we can say for sure doesn't die at the end. Yeah, we can say that for sure. <laughs> can you though? <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't. We can't. Uh, but we, but we would. She is we amazing. Oh. We do love her as an actress. She is phenomenal. Yeah, We're she's doing a great like, job because we've yeah, just really yeah, don't and like everybody hates her. Yeah. That's how that works. Wait, <laughs> you guys don't like her? She's just trying to fit in, guys. She manifests Maybe a little bit. She 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 knows what she wants, and right. she she manifests yeah. that. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, Brenna, I lost our place now. I was too busy like reading. I know. Into, her. Okay. Yeah. So Derek, last year you told us that Violet and Gallo were not heading in the direction that we thought they were. Did you know back then that they weren't going to end up together? Um. Wait. I don't remember when, when did he say that last year, last this year interview this, last this conversation year. I don't remember I honestly don't remember where what the finale was with the two of them they have that I kiss guess. at Molly's oh no we wouldn't have talked about it too far you know into the new season um yeah I mean we love them together I will say that and we think that there are that Gallo brings out a lot of great qualities in Violet and she knows that. So uh, there's no closed doors on anything, certainly not on those two. We were definitely, we knew we wanted to start this year with the three amigos solidifying their friendship while driving each other crazy. That was, <laughs> that was the impetus kicking off season 10. I don't remember saying that, I'm sure I did, but I don't remember why I said it then. We were probably peppering you with finale questions and you were trying to pivot. <laughs> Deflect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably what it was. But yeah, so we were convinced in the beginning that Hawkins was going to be kind of like Granger for Bretzy this year, like just kind of another oh, potential yeah. roadblock. Did you ever talk about going the, going that route and have him being having him being a roadblock for Violet and Gallo? I mean, it was he. He is a roadblock for yeah. Violet yeah. and Gallo. He is. So is he? I mean, I I think Gallo's a roadblock for him, and you know, yeah. uh, and Violet. It's I think they're you know that's a triangle that's still very much alive. I would say that actor just really impressed us so much that we were like, we have to keep this going. So I don't know that it was going to be as short as Granger, um, but and we didn't write you know that one had a plan from the jump that was going to be this one was because it was first half of the season was way more open-ended gotcha 
I'm just curious. We kind of mentioned it earlier, but obviously the fandom has like really latched on to Hawkins and Jimmy and just like the Hakami love. Like, I'm curious, like, what have you guys made of all the like Hakami Hawkins love? I, it wasn't surprising to us because we were right there with the fan. I mean, we felt exactly the, the same. Like every, you know, I, I'm, it's hilarious to watch the episodes because I, I'm, I'm screaming and yelling just like a fan does when I'm watching it. Like, I'm just like, do that you know that's how we react to it it's it's really fun it just it it took on this life of its own the the and it just ended up being something that um we loved writing and we get just as excited to write it as people do to watch it quite honestly um it's yeah blast and hanukkah's amazing actress so it's fun when when andrew was talking about you want somebody who can do the dramedy the comedy the drama the comedy the you know, uh, romance, the, she can do every single bit of it. And probably we could challenge her even more, you know, um, she's really great. Strong as hell. She's like small, but you know, tough as hell. She's lifting up things on the set that the stun people are supposed to do. She really is like superhero to me. And super funny. And super funny and game for anything. Like she's just all in, which, and so is Jimmy. So that's what we love. Great. So the, the big thorn and violet side this season, aside from the appendix, which is gone now, it's been Emma. Um, yeah, I know. Shocking news, Derek. I didn't know if you knew this, but <laughs> um, honestly, she, well, this is Brenda's opinion. I, I'm going to like make myself safe here, but she might be one of the worst villains. In- I'll throw me under the bus, Gina. Thanks. Uh, I love you. <laughs> you mean most evil? Um, yeah. you know what? No, yeah. I am. I am going to agree with Brenda there. I was just trying to keep myself safe, but no, we, we both go down together. Um, <laughs> what made you guys want to go the villain route with Violet's temporary partner? Um, we're always looking for some kind of obstacle you have to overcome, you know, and when we got to, we pitched late the last seven episodes. Usually, usually we kind of do half seasons, but for whatever reason this year, because there was so much in flux, we waited and pitched, I think it was the last six or seven episodes, whenever Emma first came. And uh, we, I remember, because usually we pitch like like a board um, in a room, but because of Zoom and all of that, we were pitching Dick on Zoom. And Gilvery is really good at um, uh, photoshopping, photoshopping and making animations. And all this stuff. So we were like, we need a Heather Locklear. And for you guys too young, Heather Locklear used to come onto a series that was already got running and just stir the pot. Like really, she'd come in and it would be like she was wreaking chaos everywhere. And so on our pitch, the a picture of Heather Locklear from the like <laughs> early 90s pops up on the thing. We're like, we need to find our Heather Locklear for this. And we had a whole we had this whole pitch, what you're about to see um, from from there, from our start to the end. Yep. And again, with this gift that we have of being able to see the actor in action and decide which way, you know, if it's going to work or not work, we knew from the jump that we could pull this off because the actress is so good. And sometimes, you know, people come in to be bad guys and they're just so, they're one dimensional, you know, they don't mm-hmm. have a lot of layers going on. And, and this actress brought all these layers right from the jump that made you go like, what is going on in her head? But you And we really wanted to, this time, because we knew what we were doing, we really wanted to tease you with, oh, here's a cool 
you know, cool new partner. She's a little, um, what was the like word? Like she's a little um, like a computer when she's dealing, like she's not handling emotion Very cool. well. So, so the guy's got his teeth bashed out and she tells him to his face, he's going to lose them or whatever was the, <laughs> I can't remember. So that kind of thing, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a little clue. Maybe she's not all. Yeah. Uh, and then it just keeps building. Yeah. She is a sociopath. Yeah. Oh, so you she agree. I think she is. She I think so. think she is. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's been a but lot a socio of sociopath never thinks they yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Bad people don't think they're bad. Yeah. So obviously as of last week, Emma's doubled down on her having Hawkins move Violet so to awesome. another house. I mean, I what guess... I loved in that was that she saves, you know, Violet saves her life in in uh gina's uh words <laughs> unfinal destination there and then and then uh and then you think what we were playing towards was because the audience is always trying to guess oh how are they going to overcome this oh she saved her life she'll go have a change of heart she's going to go in and say you know violet nope she just goes right back to it i don't think you're moving fast enough yeah yeah I love that. But I guess this is a big part of the finale on Wednesday is what happens with the whole Emma situation. Yeah, I would say that's a big part of it. I so. Have you heard or seen any of the theories that the fandom has been throwing around? No. What, what happened it? at Whiskey Point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe when the finale is over, we can share with you some of like the greatest hits because they've, they've gotten okay. so They're ridiculous. getting ridiculous as the days They've go gotten on. ridiculous. Um, I, I have a feeling this one is not going to go the way anybody thinks it's going to go. That's probably true. Uh, yeah, that's no. all I'll say for now. <laughs> There's another again. disaster in Navy Pier. Navy Pier, that was a good one. <laughs> so we mentioned Gallo earlier, and at least in our opinions, not quite gallow season it's okay he went through kind of a rough patch the season both yeah. personally and professionally what oh. were you guys hoping he'd get out of that journey i do you want to answer that derek or no no go ahead I, I mean for us he's so young and that's kind of the fun part of him is that he's got a lot to learn he's got a lot he's got to experience before he can get to casey severide level you know and and he's young enough to make mistakes he's young enough to be impulsive um, we've seen that work in his favor with great rescues and stuff but i think what what we and we've seen this with severide it's always is very emotional when you see these milestones for these characters where you're like severide is like a, a really he's grown into who, who he is right now we've seen him go through so many highs and lows to become this man that is you know ready to get down on a knee and propose to stella and mean it with all his heart that was a journey to get him there and it was a journey to get casey to the point where you know he got to and we we're watching gallo go through this journey you know and and where he'll end up who knows right now but he's young and he's green and he's he's so eager to learn but he he thinks he knows more than he does sometimes. And so he gets ahead of himself. And, and that definitely part of this season is him on a journey to kind of realize where he really should be. Not where, what his, you know, kamikaze gut is telling him to do right now, but how do you sort of slow that down a little bit and, and watch and mature a little bit more. And so that's what this season has been for Gallo. I think he's, he's really will have grown a lot. I think the, the crane rescue was a fun one. That episode was a fun one for him to kind of take a step back and not just go, you know, zoom, zoom to squad because it was offered, but really think about what, 
the right places for him. So yeah, it's it's part of uh, his his the his Chicago Fire journey. Yeah, I was gonna say. So is the fact that you like you said he's young, he's easy. You know, he's still got a lot to figure out. Is that why, aside from being loyal to Stella, of course, like why that made now the wrong time for him to move to squad like he's always wanted? I think. Uh, I mean, cutting to the sort of quick of the character, what he's really always wanted is a family, right? I mean, that's his tragic backstory of of losing his family in that fire and the firehouse kind of becoming his family. What that is what Stella has provided for him or what she's done for him. She's a different kind of leader than Severide is. He's not the, um, I want to get to know who you are personally and bring out the best in you kind of leader. He's like, you know, grab your gear and let's fucking go. And are you going to be able to keep up? So for Gallo, ultimately, I think truck is the better place for, for who he is at, at heart, you know, what he needs as a firefighter and as a person. Um, and that's what, that's what that episode really kind of told him. It was the Pelham moment where Pelham. It was great bringing him. Pelham back for that. Yeah, to realize, yeah. Hey, it wasn't just a saving a cat. That was, yeah, it was, it was, about it was who Stella recognized yep. yeah, what you needed at the time. Exactly. And that's really what turned him. And we'll get a little bit more of that in the finale too, which is fun. Cool. So in the first half of the season, Gallo kind of ruined things for the millennials. We call them the millennials. You guys call them the trio, yeah. but um, yeah. with, with Firegoat and, and their business and all that stuff, have we given up on Firegoat completely? Yeah. Firegoat's help. Yeah. That, that many, ended one of little many trips failed. they'll take together <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um after after he blew it with bear moon it would just <laughs> they were done for couldn't recover from that didn't he have an idea to do pizzas after that i can't remember the pizzas yeah something like i feel that. like that was mentioned yeah yeah he has yeah he's got ideas and then that one firefighter came it was like a gallo and she's like i'm also brewing beer um so if we move into cruise obviously the first part of cruise's season is him struggling with some sort of ptsd after the whole boat incident i guess i'm curious what made you guys want to explore that and that storyline for cruise specifically i think for us it's real you know it's that's you you change things change when you thought you were a goner and he didn't realize what severate had done severate almost gave up his own life trying to save him. And so that really hit him, you know, so it gave him a chance to take a step back and, and reassess, um, which is cool. Love Cruise. Yeah. yeah and Let's PTSD see. is such a huge part of I me mean, when you're talking to any firefighter, you know, that what, how you struggle through or try and push through certain things that happen in the course of any call. Um, it's such an interesting part of what they have to deal with. And so we always like touching on that when we can. Yeah, and Herman and Mouch discussed it this year where it's like it used to be easier. You know, the longer you get in your career, you it used to be easier to just put it behind you and say, I don't, I don't have to worry about the victims, but now I think about it more and more. That was in the Christmas one. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh cruise hobby thing was all Andrea and Gilberry. That was really that was an awesome, awesome, awesome storyline again the the kid i mean just brought that to life and that actor is so phenomenal that little guy he is we love him and you know it just seemed like there are plenty of shows that do that and we did it too with um dawson and casey but the like right moment right time here comes the kid you need but it couldn't have been a more wrong moment 
um, wrong time for Cruz and Chloe, who just had a baby and are overwhelmed with that. And we saw him, you know, kind of buried under, I don't know how to do this. And this is so hard and freaking out about preschools and everything else. And then it's like, and now there's another kid that just comes along. So it felt like a great way to do that story um, of, with, of taking in somebody without it being like, oh, this is, you know, now we're a family. It's like, no, now more chaos will ensue, but our hearts are big enough to, to welcome. They have enough room in their hearts. They have room in their hearts. That made us cry in the writer's room every time it was done. And you guys, uh, you guys were like, oh, there was only one line about, um, uh, him being the second best man that's coming there's more in the there's more there's not a wedding yet uh, yeah yet means there is going to be one be a wedding. you guys know that well I'm just, that. i mean there's some kind of a wedding that will happen there's gonna be a wedding okay <laughs> we're just like gathering what we can so speaking of Cruz and chloe uh we were so thrilled to see that they had the baby and everything went according to plan and did you always know that the baby was going to be named after otis yeah i mean we have been saying that for years um since since uh yuri left um so that was the leon you know leon of it all we thought would be nice also because we saw that from season one um and uh yeah they're gonna call him otis love it yeah little um, baby otis choked up in the room every single time we said it yeah it makes our hearts happy every time we hear it if 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 you could wave a magic wand the only thing that i wish we could have done differently is that we weren't allowed to have a baby on set that was right when omicron okay. was even bigger Mm -hmm. And so they just shot us down for baby on set. So that scene where they come out and show the baby and say, this is, you know, we're going to name a modus. That would have been 20 times better had we had a real baby there. But so we had to do the thing where she's kind of holding the, the swaddle, you know, that, that blows. It, it harkens back to Herman when he had, he came rushing from the prison incident to, oh see yeah. cindy and hold that baby and we had this baby on set that it's a miracle yeah. i did not kidnap that baby and take that baby home that baby was so cute and again sitting on the set watching he's holding there was one scene where he was holding them sure we use this in the final cut and the little baby he's talking to the baby and the baby just yawns and kind of falls asleep fast <laughs> and we're at the monitors like oh my god yeah. so that's what you I, don't get when you have you know dummy baby or robot robot baby. Yeah. robot baby yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna george lucas that someday we're gonna we're gonna open back, <laughs> back up the 200th episode that'd be great and and put in a real baby yeah. <laughs> um well speaking of herman i know obviously over the last couple of seasons we've really seen both like herman and mouch step into these mentor roles with like we said the millennials as we like to refer to them mm -hmm. i'm curious like what has it been like for you guys to explore those side that side of those characters especially considering obviously in the beginning they're mostly just there for the comedy stuff they're still really good at the comedy they are still yeah. really good at the comedy yeah, yeah there's never there's never a bad if you have to go to herman mouch you know Cruz, any of them really tony and cap for and say here's your comedy they you are you just know it's going to crush you know? yeah. i'm trying to think of what the herman comedy runners were this year but always what what david eigenberg brings is this every man pathos because he is an every man he's not a hollywood you know he's been doing it longer than most anyone and had a more successful acting career than 99.999 percent of people who want to be actors 
but at his heart, he's a Marine. He was hanging upholstery. He was remodeling houses. And that's, it's so easy to write for him because you know he's going to deliver every man sentiment. But that's who he is off the set. I mean, he's a goofball. But, but <laughs> if you need, if you call, if you ever have a problem in your life and you call David Eigenberg, that's the guy yep, you would in the morning, want on the other whatever. end of the phone. Yeah. But that's what's so fun about writing that mentor role for him too, is that like, he's such a curmudgeon, you know, on the outside. And so to see him opening up to, it's, it's the dad inside, you know, he's got this mentor thing. He's, he's guided a, a bunch of our younger firefighters and to see him um, with, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the actor, but the guy who played the brother at the fire academy and just how he bonded with him and opened up to him too. It's, it's that, you know, the big heart that comes out of both the character and the actor that makes him a great mentor because you can see that he feels it and he wants to mentor. And it's kind of similar with Mouch. He's kind of grumpy, but he loves, he, <laughs> what, what Mouch has that, that is a little different and that I love is that he really doesn't seem to think very highly of himself. Like he's, you know, he's always shocked when they come to him and say, you're the firefighter role model we want at our young firefighters meeting or, you know, Mouch from Ritter, you're the reason I can do this or, you know, and he's always surprised Mouch as a character, like really me, you know, he's got that, that humble quality to him that is so uh, sweet. Um, whereas I think Herman would be like, of course you're coming to me. I know everything, you know? Yeah. He's got a little bit of a different attitude as big as his heart is. Um, but Mouch, there's something very sweet in how, how unaware he is of what a role model he is and what a mentor he is to some of these guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were also kind of surprised to see Mason come back. Yeah. But I mean, we've absolutely loved what he's brought to 51 now that he's returned. So what made you want to bring him back versus getting a new character and inserting them in? We had so many new characters coming this year um, that it just felt like, let's see a familiar face. We knew we needed a spot on the truck. Um, and so we remembered how good the actor was in the previous season. And that that was literally one of those of like, who could we have come back? Oh, what about Mason from last year? Oh, awesome. Let's see if he's available. And then it worked out. And when you when you find out that you've got them, then you can write stories, you know, for them because sometimes the actors booked you know sorry see you later yeah um and i know this fandom tends to pick up on like every little thing and there was i don't i think it was an episode 16 there's like a tiny little moment between seeger and mason and everyone was like freaking out about that <laughs> and i'm curious like is that something that was like definitely in the script They're or is so that something yeah. that happened these viewers yes yeah, that's that in is the so script. smart okay yeah that was definitely, yeah. I mean, it's one of those that like we're playing with a little bit. I think it was, you know, we always are guided more by the Severide kid of it all um, than the Seeger of it all. But we thought it would be fun to have that be just a little wrinkle. And ultimately there were all these other stories we ended up playing, but that is definitely something that we thought would be fun to see that side of uh, that side of Mason, you know, a little flirty. <laughs> So um, you also did another bottle episode this year, and this year the subject was Bowden. Why him? Yeah. Well, we hadn't done him before, and that was that was again. It's you're in the writers' room, and you're like, well, let's let's do a bottle episode. What's the pitches? Let's hear some pitches, and then who would it be? That's where you start. Who would it be? Well, we've done, you know, we did Cruz and Herman the year before, and it was like, let's give Bowden some. Let's give him a. That, he's an incredible actor. So let's give Eamon a chance to shine. 
And um, he, I, as soon as I told him it was going to be him, he was thrilled beyond thrilled. And um, yeah, and then we, uh, and then we did that. That was based on a real. I mean, I, I don't know how much we're. There was a news story about a Trader Joe's. I think it was here in LA, yeah, where a guy crashed into a Trader Joe's and then held everyone hostage. So we um, just took that bare bones idea and then ran with it. The funny thing was, not to Andrea hates it when I talk about the other show. But I wrote that bottle. I also wrote at the exact same time I was writing the bottle on FBI International, where it was just on this one character, Reigns. And, and those literally, I, I flew from uh, Budapest to Chicago to do those two. At the, it couldn't have been like Derek, worse Derek, timing what, what and better timing. FBI International? What oh, it's, I'm glad you asked. A lot of people think the FBI is just domestic. What? But there's 93... Yeah, FBI offices in countries around the world. No. Yeah, and there's a fly team. Federal Bureau of Investigation. I know, I know, it's... it's... <laughs> um, fair warning, Andrea, we did section off a couple questions for International because we've been, <laughs> oh, we've yeah. been watching and loving, so... Yeah, it's yeah. Tuesday nights at nine, Andrea. That one. It's Tuesday nights at nine. You have to flip your TV over from NBC to CBS, but then you can... Uh, I'll see Our can finale is this week. Yeah, um, I'm curious, who would you guys want to do as your next bottle episode? Hmm. Ooh, we know who would you like us list. to do? Who do you like? Yeah. Who, who Violet. Would you do? Violet. Violet. Mm, that'd be or cool. I'd say Mouch. I would love to see a Mouch bottle episode. Yeah, you're not alone yeah. in the Violet of it all. We that was when we were talking to Rebecca, who is our um, executive wolf, who's basically uh, part of the writers' room at this point, and then that was what we were talking about. Violet was her was her want to. So you're not alone in that one. We, we have, we'd be remiss to not say we have incredible partners over at Universal TV and, and NBC because they've been around so long. And um, Rebecca was our executive at NBC for eight seasons, seven seasons. And then she moved to Wolf. And so now she's our executive at Wolf. And she knows so the show like, better than we do, honestly. Yeah. At this point. She's the <laughs> one amazing. that if you're like, um okay Severide's gonna mention that there was an old arson case she's like oh season three episode 14 was yeah, uh exactly. when he last and the act out was yeah, yeah. Was all of it she yeah. sounds like she would be great friends with us yeah, yeah she, she would be sure totally she would be. she's and incredible she's awesome yes we love, we love her, her. The yeah. only thing is now she's she's got all the wolf shows where before yeah. it was kind of just yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have this whole season called Kylie the MVP because she always seems oh, yeah. to save the day. Uh, I love her. She got oh, she got Bowden back to fifty one. She saved Stellaride last season. Just love it. Is it intentional that Kylie just always kind of saves the day, or is that just kind of how it works out? I mean, it's definitely an innate in her character, but she's awesome. We love Kayla, and she's awesome. She's kind of her character, you know, she's is on the set, what the character brings that's so fun is she just is this whole new breath of fresh air and energy and she's just so excited to be there and you know she she makes everybody happy. Um, And she has a great a great part in the finale too so that that'll be fun. I forgot that was also in the 200th episode was her figuring out how to get Bowden back back. to yeah. 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 MVP. 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 I love it. Um, obviously we got to see more of Kylie this year. And then obviously she steps up whenever she's asked. And I know obviously she was brought to the firehouse to learn about the career of firefighting. Any chance we'll see her actually make that step towards pursuing mm, the career? I wonder. I wonder about that. 
as long as she stays away from needles. needles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, great. we definitely, there's always, I mean, she's, uh, kid is her role model. That's what I'll say. That's, you know, that's what she wants to be when she grows up. Love that. She's pretty great outside of Bowden's office right now. I'll say that. Yep. And she's young. Yeah. She's very young. She's not even old enough to go to the Academy yet. So nice. Wait, there is an age limit on the Academy. I think we've wondered that before. Yeah. I think you got to be 19, but I'm not positive. I what, forget what it is, but we looked it up and it's, it's a, it's not where Kylie is quite yet. Okay. okay. I got to double check it, but yeah, we looked, we looked that up. So something else that's been really strong this season have been the comedy storylines. Uh, if we look Amen. back on the whole season, do you have a favorite? Oh, I mean, I really liked the one that aired this week, which was, I know you guys liked it too, which was the, um, the Ouch. Ritter, Ritter Mouch couch thing. Hysterical. That was really funny. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so that was, they, you knew, that's again, where you have the idea and you know, they're going to crush. Yep. Yeah. Um, and there's this famous scene in the show, The Wire, where they solve a crime with only using the f word to, through the scene so we we as an homage did that in this they only say damn um in that scene and then uh what other ones were this year i'm trying to think what were some of your other favorites i really like the little free library fire that was, that was, that was funny yeah, yeah was that was funny one. It was great because of Mouch, just Mouch's and his glasses and because <laughs> yeah. we've done it with his glasses before when he was trying to do it. And so the fact that he left his glasses in there and then the woman coming up, of course, and talking about the filth that was she's on fire. Yeah. Made us laugh. So that was funny. And I like Cruz the with the hermit crab. That really made me laugh because yeah, so funny. Um, and I'm trying to leave a message, and then it ends up being Cap that blows it for him at the preschool because yeah. he goes out with the woman. Yeah. Oh, that that, that reminds me of one of my favorites was the Cap drumming. drumming um, oh yeah. That's as awesome. part of the band. Jackson doesn't like bananas. Yeah. yeah. Jackson doesn't like bananas. <laughs> Okay, who has the son named Jackson in the writer's room that like- No, and that, that was, I'll give Bruno credit. I was like, Andrea fought me on Jackson doesn't like bananas. But I said to Bruno, what's a good band name? And he's like, Jackson doesn't like bananas. He didn't I was tell like, me it was awesome. Bruno's idea. I would have been like, awesome. I know, but I wanted to argue for it on its own merits. And uh, Andrea was like, that's, there's no, no teenagers are naming their band. Jackson doesn't like bananas. And I was like, there's literally a band called Jimmy Eats World. I think we're- we're okay. Rhina, do we're you just, know you, you know who Jimmy Eats World is, right? Yes, I know who Jimmy Eats World just is. Checking. But you just checking. You didn't a, know what Celebrity Deathmatch was. No, I didn't, but I do know what Jimmy Eats World is. But Tony <laughs> having the shirt and turning around and already, he's already a fan of Jackson. And Jackson those America. kids were so they great. They were incredible. So fun. And, and Randy had such a great time doing that. That was as happy as I've ever seen him. And he's happy a lot. So. <laughs> that was really fun that was fun. such a good one um so recently mouch mentioned in an episode that he and trudy were hosting a game night and it got us thinking like who gets invited what games do they play like what what is that that will be explored at some point we when when that came up we were like the possibilities are endless for getting invited to that and trapped there at definitely the bones and the hermans would be there yeah or they hadn't been invited yet and now they get invited they they get themselves an invite and it turns out to be 
not way worse than but yeah, then like do the pd it. couples come like does is upstead invited like oh yeah then, yeah do they start fighting with stellar ride and like picture there you go yeah it would be so yeah. funny if if ritter somehow couldn't get out of being there <laughs> like you you know like you know how, like when you get summoned sometimes to a place you don't want to go and you're like yeah oh. or if ritter gets a new boyfriend and herman's like bring him to game night yeah bring him that's the worst way to just get to know somebody is bring him a game night with your boss that's the worst <laughs> idea ever. I love that. That will be next season for sure. Nice, yes. nice. So uh, we had Jeff and Steve on the podcast from Med um, last week, and we asked them the same thing. We're going to ask you tease the finale in five words, please. Oh, Andrea, you wrote the no. finale. Well, I can't do five words. I just don't know how. You're good at that. Um, okay, <laughs> teasing Andrea. Thank you, Larry's incredible finale script uh, in five words. Um, uh, birth, death, wedding, cliffhanger, misery. <laughs> That's five. That's five. That's five. But you know what? We we fell into the trap of wording our questions correctly because that's exactly what Andrea had said on one Chicago day. <laughs> death, wedding, yep. But Andrea, didn't you say the death was in like the first like 10 minutes? There, the death is there's a death on the show. It's not there's that, a death on not, the show. It's, it's not yeah. necessarily that one of our characters was there's ending a death up on the show. Ten it toes up. things, but it's yeah, yeah, definitely shifts things, mixes things up. <laughs> we're just like oh okay we're yeah. ready for wednesday to be over that's how we're feeling we're just yeah we're ready stay till the very end well, we, you don't want to miss the last minute true no we we know we've seen so many of these we're always like everything's gonna go great until the last five minutes, five minutes. did you yeah. guys watch the sopranos series finale mm -hmm. no but you i know. i do know the very last scene it just ended yeah I was I was flying back from Europe, and um, this was in the early days of interneting, and um, we had I mean the internet was around, but being able to like watch a program online was um, a mess. And my friend Tim Talbot, who used to work on the show, um, I'm like, dude, I missed the Sopranos finale. I have to fly back from Europe. Can you send it to me? He's like, yes. So I'm in the Heathrow airport and it's downloading. It's like, my flight's gonna be in 45 minutes and it says 58 minutes to download. But I'm like, you know, leaving my computer open. You're just watching the tick, 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 tick. So finally it's like, close the computer, get on the plane, watching, 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 watching. And it just ends and I'm like, oh, I didn't get it all. A lot of people thought, I thought my, TV, my cable went out. Yeah, I guess I didn't get. I guess I didn't get it all. So you just watch to the end. That? Are you saying. likening that to our finale? I don't know. It made me point? think of like great finales. It made me think of mm -hmm. great True. finales, and that that would have driven me nuts if it just like ends. Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite finale that we've done? Oh, we just hit this episode where we ranked them from uh, least to most painful. What did we say was the oh, least? Just Chicago Fires or for all of oh, them? We did all of them, yeah. Oh, I don't think I saw, I didn't listen to that one. What What? What was your favorite of Fire? Um, said, I said season seven. Well, we did most painful, so I did season sevens was my most. That painful. was Otis? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. That, that was my most painful as well. I think least painful, we went with the COVID season that got cut short because everybody was oh, safe. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. that one, that was yeah. our worst one of you. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Casey and the Strip Club, that was a good finale because we spent the next like three months just being like, where's Casey? Like, Wasn't there a dead, there was a dead woman. Dead in stripper in the kitchen. Dead stripper, stripper in the yeah. kitchen. The yeah. classic dead stripper. <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> They would say that all the time. Like, walked home, another dead stripper on the floor. What's going on? <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. We literally it's ended that episode and I was like, everybody just be careful. You know, make sure you check your kitchen for dead strippers. You never know. <laughs> behind the couch. You never yeah. know. Yep. Yeah. The, yeah. The fifth season was a really good one. That was the Yeah, that was where... up there too on our most painful. The well, my miracle. Yeah, Casey, Casey was saying, I you're love my miracle. you too, Dawson. Yeah, you're my miracle. And Herman was having a, was, um, having a heart attack mouch. in the fire at the same time. Yeah, I mean, mouch. mouch. Herman was pumping Mouch. Yeah. He was having a yeah. heart attack. That, was that, was pretty, that one was pretty iconic. That's the one that if you, as if you're like, hey, talk about the first Chicago fire finale that hits your mind. Everybody's like, you're my miracle. Well, season two was that to me was the season one. We were still figuring out what the hell we were doing. Season two was where the, where her uh, bones outside the, the fire. We never go inside. And it, the building. and it collapses and you just hear, you know, report, report. And that was the, and that was, that's the first time I was like, oh, damn, that's a good finale. That was a good what do you think, Andrea? What's your favorite besides this year? Um, that's a really good question. I, for me, I just, uh, there were so many great moments. I mean, it's obviously recent in my mind, but on that dock at the finale with the boat just like pushing in on kid and we know that they've just gotten together and the look on her face and the look on Casey's face it was uh, that one was affecting and knowing those guys were trapped underwater I mean it was such a fun one to shoot it was so exciting to shoot but yeah they were so great in that one I loved all those those expressions of waiting waiting in terror on the dock yeah that was a good one that was really good yeah. yeah, that's the only one I remember. So that might be why I, <laughs> I'm getting a, I don't remember a thing after COVID knocked me out. Yeah, last year's finales for all three are the reason that we're so stressed for this year. All three shows, yeah. we're just like, oh my God, like when's it going to end? Uh, yeah. You know, it happens. It happens. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andrea, this is obviously your first season officially as showrunner, but I mean, Derek's been singing your praises for forever i'm just curious like how much did your role change besides of course the official title as showrunner i don't think it really did um except for i got to be included in all this press stuff which is so fun and i love doing it with with derek i always you know we'd hear it from one side you know from derek but it's first of all he's amazing at it so it's fun to watch him doing this but it's you know we both love the show so much so to get to like sit and talk about it with people who know it and like it this kind of, this is a real treat for me. I, I really didn't get to experience the kind of audience reaction side of it, or, you know, you guys, we'd hear about your, your podcast all the time in the room from Derek, but it's been really fun just to talk, get out there and, and hear you guys' take on the show. And um, that, that for me has been a real blast. So. But as far as the job she's been doing, the job since yeah. season five or four or whatever. Um, and she, uh, there's not a decision made on the series in the last you know really since probably season two that andrea and gilberry but andrea really fingerprints aren't all over and it's funny because sometimes you guys will read you know you'll look and you'll be like oh that's an episode written by so-and-so i can tell you like 
you know, Andrea's fingerprints are on every, there's not a script that Andrea's fingerprints aren't on. And I do love it when somebody will be like, um, you know, if a woman had written that, uh, you know, it, she would not have had that reaction. I'm like, mm, Andrea you know, wrote that. <laughs> it Wait. might say my name on there, but. Andrea, did you write Dossie's first kiss back in season two? I think I did. That was yeah. the that was the door opening and there. Yeah. There yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I was like, we owe you for some pretty big moments in Chicago history. <laughs> That's one of my all-time favorite directed scenes that Joe Chappelle yeah. did. Yeah. Which is if you remember one. it. I remember it because that's how much that scene stuck out to me, but Dawson's getting ready to go out and there's a shot of her in the mirror getting ready and the camera pushes in like she, she had the thought, oh my God, I'm gonna go see Casey. And then the camera kind of follows her to the door and you think she's going out to rush to Casey and then he's there and it kind of catches her and the camera off guard. Oh, that was really well done. Yeah, that was really yeah. well done. Yeah, a really good moment. Fun. Nice what I love is you guys, like your fans and you you guys in particular, are like uh, like moments that you know, like I don't think about, but you guys are like, did you see he had his hand on the wall, like <laughs> when they were like when Jimmy, I guess, was when Hakami were kissing, <laughs> like like that was like some some extra sexy thing or something. <laughs> I was like, All right, that's cool. <laughs> Oh, no but they also catch stuff that like we we love that we talk about in the room too like get you know a lot of banging up against the wall like what's the <laughs> that's their go-to move and we kind of like the idea that like that is that is a different kind of like it's not the slow kiss of brett and you know casey coming together finally after all these years it's just a different they've got the slam up against the wall vibe that's what they've got they don't have the slow undress that's not where they're at right now we did have to put a moratorium on hoisting hoisting kid, we had kid to and severide were just they yes. were hoisting in every scene that's was, when like yeah, she jumped Severide up is a hoister. taylor's a hoister <laughs> like it just like he that's the go-to move we, we, there were a couple hoisting i think then i think then casey hoisted brett and i was like no 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 the hoisting <laughs> is a severide move casey can't hoist that was yeah that was a problem he hoisted and we weren't there for that we saw it in the dailies we're like no 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 he can't no hoisting hoist. he, casey's no hoister. a hoister <laughs> Yeah, those things do happen. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, so, Derek, now we're kind of venturing into the F FBI international section. We oh, had to. We've been watching and we've been be loving. I know. <laughs> <This worship>. <laughs> <laughs> she does that. In, that's a go-to Andrea move in the writer's room. Just when to duck I'm out like, of the room? Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. No, she'll do that when she hears something that, like, I'll be like, uh, I'm trying to, I'm like, what if, you know, who's an, what if Gorsh came back? And then she just goes to Andrea and just says, <laughs> that's so funny. So, okay, international. Yeah, so, I mean, you're, now you're show running two shows at the same time. I mean, how yeah. hard has that been to balance? It was hard more, the, doing two shows is tough. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of work. The time zones is what really, screwed me up this year because I just wasn't ready for literally my day doesn't end it's it's uh you know Chicago time which will be four in the morning here is when you know they'll start shooting a lot of times if we're in LA and then that the you know at 6 p.m or whatever we're done there if they're shooting and that's when they're waking up in Budapest and so it it was way and the traveling there 
is so hard. You know, I mean, I'm not complaining. It's a dream to get to do this job and get to go to different places and shoot, you know, in these amazing cities, but it is hard to do. It's a 24 hour flight. I mean, it's 13 hours, but because it's 10 hours yeah. out or whatever, it's 24 hours to get there. And then you're just so tired and it's real jet lag there. And then you go to work and anybody will tell you if you ever been to a set, um, it's it, it, the, like an hour on set feels like eight hours in terms of not, it, it's exciting when you're seeing it, but it's it's grueling. Like, like the amount of getting up, you know, not sitting down, you don't eat right the way you should. And so anyway, that's, that's my, that's my grievance, but it's, it's been fun. How much time did you actually, how many, I guess, how many episodes were you in Europe for? I went for four, four different episodes. Um, yeah, twice right at the beginning. So that kind of feels like one trip to yeah. me, but um, that was because we're getting a show up and running. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something we were curious about back in February was if the crisis in Ukraine had affected the show at all. It did. We, you know, we share border. I mean, Hungary mm -hmm. shares a border with, um, you, uh, with Ukraine, and uh, it's a good 300 miles away. You know, it'd be like if we were shooting here in LA and and it was happening in Memphis, but it's still really close, and everybody thinks about it. Um, and, and, you know, that's their neighboring country and people who are my age lived under Soviet rule. So in Hungary, so there's a lot of people on the crew who really are, you know, um, anxious about everything. I was there up until the, so that the invasion happened, I think it was on a Saturday and I was there till Thursday of that week. And it was very anxious. Um, Storyline wise, we had an episode that was going to take place on the Polish Belarus border. And we just scrapped the episode when that happened, which is hard as Andrea can attest, if you're having to throw out scripts that have already been approved, like literally you've been through Wolf and through the network and you're greenlit and ready to go and you have to throw it out. That's, we're usually down to the wire at that point. And that's what we had to do on that. Yikes. Yikes. So all the places in Europe, they actually go film there. So like the one in Transnistria, like they went there? No. So we stay in Hungary for most episodes, but we went to the Swiss Alps. We went to Prague. We went to Paris. And we, for the finale, we're going to, we went to Croatia. Um, I'm trying to think, did we have one more? Uh, we're hoping to do more of that um, in the next season. Um, because now we've really got kind of got, that was, almost all of these were like test cases for the next one. And we pulled off half of an episode in Croatia for the finale. So we're going to try to do that more often. Very cool. So Very cool. But no, we did not go to Transnistria. When we did um, the, the uh, bottle one, we shot it in, uh, I mean, it was Kosovo. And uh, the town is um, Pristina. And we made this um, train station look like it was Kosovo Pristina. And so I took pictures at the thing and I was just sending to my friends going like, guys, they tell you to go to Kosovo, do not go. It's not, <laughs> it's not safe. And, but I had these pictures that made it, they were like, oh my God, what are you doing there? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not leaving the train station guys. But no, we were in Budapest. <laughs> That's so funny. That's funny. That was a good episode. It was good to yeah. see another side of Reigns. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that was really that was a fun one to write, and that that was one as Andrea will tell you too. One of the things you dream about 
when you're doing these shows is that you get an episode where all the guest cast is is you know um awesome you know like no because it's hard like a lot of times if you've got 10 guest cast members one of them is you're just going to be like oh my god um and that episode all the guest cast was awesome that's firing on all cylinders yeah love it love it so that's about all the questions we've got for y'all uh thank you so much for coming yeah, back year after year and letting us just pepper you with questions all the time yeah uh you guys are the best so derek we know you've given up social media in its entirety um uh, good for you andrew was never on it i was I gonna say andrew are you on socials at all no, no. well i i was i saw jesse Sopper like three days ago, whatever, mm -hmm. four days ago. And he was like, oh, it's good to see you back on on uh, social media. I'm like, Jesse, I have not been on social media in three years or whatever it is. He's like, he goes, I'm like, I'm not on there. He's like, I I got catfished or whatever was his expression. Oh. And so then I think he posted like- Yeah, I was not, gonna say he tweeted like about not. the fact that you weren't on social yeah. media anymore. Somebody was, somebody was mimicking me, I guess, but um, no, I don't do that anymore. Good for me though. Fault. There are days where I'm like, man, I wish I could quit it. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So feel that. It but, changes it, it it gives you back a portion of your life that I think I'm not I enjoyed it when I was doing it. Um, but you know, you, there's better, there's ways to better spend. I like that you guys do it for the show though. Like that's the thing I missed the most was like tweeting the shows. That was really fun. Yeah, yeah, that's fun because we get to commiserate with our fellow shyhards. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'd be remiss to end this without saying how grateful and thrilled we were to have Jesse Spencer back for um, the last episode. And uh, he is awesome. And he's awesome. Say enough about him. Just and just being on set when we talked to you guys at one point, we hadn't shot with him yet. So there were questions like, you know, how was it being back on set for him and with him? And it was, I mean, I, I burst into tears when I saw him on set. I really did. He, he probably thinks I'm a lunatic, but he, <laughs> but he, everybody did. I mean, it was, um, I wasn't there for it, but Gilberry said when he walked on the stage, on the set, all the, he walked on the set for the first time with Eamon. And so all the actors, just to fuck with Jesse, were like, Eamon, good to see you. you? <laughs> and Jesse's kind of staying there for a second. And Eamon too, because he didn't know. He's like, what the fuck is going on? And then they just dogpiled him. And it was like tears and joy. And it was like a beautiful thing to see. So, um, and that's how it felt. He was so happy to be there. And he said, it's it's uh, it's like being home, you know? And it was like- I'll give, you a, us, you know? I'll give you a classic Jesse real quick. Like after he had had his baby and- um, and it was like, probably like a month. The baby was like a month old. And I'm like, how's that baby? You know, on text and he sends a video and he's holding the baby who can't move, right? But he's he's manipulating the legs with his hands. You know how you can do like, he's holding the baby like this, but he's manipulating the legs. So he's making it like, like the baby was dancing. On the <laughs> it's so funny. He's going to be the greatest dad. Uh, I mean, he already is, I'm sure. Yeah, he is. He was that so kid's cute. in for a treat. Yes. I, he, we've always seen him with his nieces and nephews on set and with the child actors we've had come in. And it's like something about he's like a magnet for them. They just kind of approach and he's just, he's magical with these kids. He's yeah. He's great dad. I'm yeah. Sure. He's they're going to have, they're going to have a lot of fun. Yep. So that's maybe that. we'll get to see him again next year. You never yeah, know. We would love that. Maybe other hopefully. surprises, other surprises. Yep. You never know. Yep. 
Yep. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> we we gotta get past back. Wednesday first. Yeah. yeah. Let us make it through Wednesday and then we can discuss. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So. Well, it's good Thank to see you guys. You so Andrea, much, guys. I hope you enjoyed your first time on the pod. Yeah. I loved it. It's so fun talking to you guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, good. I'm glad you guys are going to freak out when you see that boat sinking. I mean, um, <laughs> just kidding. Great Again? to see you guys. Uh, as always, you can uh, reach out to us at, at mutosetmollies.com or at mutosetmollies on Twitter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. I'm Gina Lust TV, and I, I forgot. What Close. Do you know what? Yeah. Awesome. I haven't been on. I haven't been on in too long. You guys are so funny. Well, you guys have a good night. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, night. I'm sure you guys are going to be watching Wednesday, just being like, ha ha ha. We're making everybody suffer. <laughs> no, we really hope you enjoy it. That's yeah. The most yes. Thing. Yes. So you guys have a good night, and let's do it again next year. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Sounds good. Thank Bye. you guys. Bye guys. Bye, y'all.